Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Look, I have other needs. So if you want to make a trade for six, I can make that happen right now. This is the Believe in Trailblazers show. The Portland Trailblazers have won the World Championship. On Believe Podcast Network. Boom, chakalaka! Portland's number one sports podcast network. Now. The Blazers win in four overtime. 140 to 137. Here's your host, Jordan Schultz. Well, the NBA playoffs were supposed to start this week. Supposed to. All that fighting that the Blazers were doing to claw up to that eighth spot in the Western Conference that could have gotten them in. The battles that as fans were agonizing over night after night were supposed to yield us an answer by now. But this is a whole new world we're living in right now. We are still living in the time of the coronavirus pandemic. And we're all just kind of waiting to find out, you know, things like when we can go back to work. Those who haven't lost our jobs out there anyways, uh, just trying to find out when life's going to get back to normal. It's been a very tough few weeks. And last week on Believe in Trailblazers, uh, we talked about some of the worst trades in Portland Trailblazers history. So uh, some cool content last week, but I need some levity now this week. I need some fun. So this episode of the podcast will break down the five best trades in Portland Trailblazers history. That's right, the five best trades in franchise history. Jordan Schultz sitting in with you for episode 15 of Believe in Trailblazers on the Believe Podcast Network. Believe is Portland's number one sports podcast network. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you have any burning questions about Rip City you want answered on this show or you heard something that I said and want to tell me I'm crazy, trust me, a lot of people do. Hit me up on Twitter on the air, Jordan with an O. This show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. I know I've uh, repeated this phrase probably quite a few times more often than I think I'm saying it uh, in the last few weeks, but we are living in a crazy time. Crazy right now. Ideas about how to start the world of sports again, uh, restart all these leagues, uh, kind of kicking off uh, the restart to life in general again. All of those ideas have been continued to be debated. Uh, the NBA wants to play, but they still aren't sure how that would happen. Uh, Major League Baseball, they've tossed around the idea of playing the season uh, with no fans at teams' spring training facilities in Arizona and Florida. Uh, so lots of different ideas thrown out there. One thing that keeps coming up, though, no fans present. So when we do get to watch sports again, I'm guessing that it will be without fans attending events for the foreseeable future. And what does that mean for other events? What does that mean for weddings? Heck, I'm getting married this summer, uh, getting worried about that a little bit. I, I totally want my sports back, though. Uh, but talking about no fans, the thought of watching so many games with no fans is kind of depressing. Uh, and I've been depressed a lot the past few weeks. So for the next 20 minutes, uh, maybe a little bit more, I need to have some fun on this podcast. And I hope uh, you basketball fans are here to have some fun as well. Let's escape all the bad stuff out in the world and talk about something awesome. So let's get to it. The best Five trades in Portland Trailblazers history ranked from number five up to the best one ever. 
I ranked these based on how much of a positive effect uh, I believe each one had on the franchise. So let's get right into it. Let's tip it off. The best trades in Trailblazers history. Number five. Scotty, you mentioned you wanted to be traded to the Lakers, reunited with Phil Jackson. You didn't get that wish. Are you happy to be in Portland? I'm very happy. You know, this is a very young and talented team. Uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, joining a team that's a contender. I think this team has the talent, has the ability of getting to the finals and, and winning. October 2nd, 1999, before the start of the 99-2000 season, the Portland Trailblazers flipping Stacy Ogman, Kelvin Cato, Ed Gray, Carlos Rogers, Brian Shaw, and Walt Williams for Scottie Pippen from the Houston Rockets. That was made by general manager Bob Whitsitt. That trade was. So Scottie Pippen, what the Blazers got, um, he was coming off of a lower scoring year with 14 and a half points a game, but he was still averaging about seven boards and six assists and made the all-defensive first team in the NBA the year before. So he was still, uh, regardless of issues going on in Houston, I, kn I know that he wasn't getting along with Rudy Tomjanovich as far as how he was being used. I know that Charles Barkley and him kind of clashed heads. So, you know, he was still a very valuable asset regardless. Uh, while only averaging 11 points a game over four seasons in Portland, his presence on those teams for the Trailblazers, especially during the first three years, he was one of the main reasons that they got to the Western Conference Finals. He was a great rebounder, a fantastic passer, still averaging about two steals a game. Scotty was the floor general for the Portland Trailblazers at the time. It's exactly what Portland acquired him to do. GM Bob Witsit was quoted saying as much at the time. Uh, this is, once again, a Bob Witsit quote. If Scotty averages 14, seven boards, seven assists, and two steals every year for the next four years, perfect. We'll take that in a heartbeat. Well, he did almost exactly what Bob was hoping for. So we can definitely, you know, Bob Witsit, we were talking a lot on Believe in Trailblazers episode 14 about how he had some terrible moves. He had a couple. Uh, at least he saved face a little bit uh, with this one. His four seasons, Scotty's in Portland, were so productive and steady. Um, he never, once again, never was the same player as he was before coming to Portland but a seven-time All-Star and 10-time All-Defensive Team winner over his career. You know he's smart, and he still remained efficient while he was in Portland. So I don't know what you could have asked for more from Scottie Pippen. He left the Blazers after his contract expired in 03 before spending one last season as a Chicago Bull before retiring in 04 at the age of 38. And so all of that... All of that, Scottie Pippen helping out the Blazers, basically just being a steady rock for them for the next three, four seasons. Who did Bob Witsit have to give up for that? Really not much. That's why this trade made the list at number five. So all these other guys that the Blazers flipped for Scottie Pippen, Stacey Ogman, Kelvin Cato, Ed Gray, Carlos Rogers, Brian Shaw, and Walt Williams. Well, the Rockets only ended up keeping Kelvin Cato, Walt Williams, and Carlos Rogers. Uh, Williams was... At that point, the real starter of the group, he was the only real starter in, in the NBA at the time of the trade. He averaged maybe 10 a game for the Rockets for about three years, then played a season in Dallas and retired in 2003. Then one of the other guys that Houston kept, Kelvin Cato, my dad actually liked him a lot. He was a serviceable backup center in the NBA for quite a few years, spent a couple of those as a starter. Uh, he played with Houston, then Orlando before wrapping up his career 
as a New York Nick in 07. And then Carlos Rogers, another backup center. He played two more seasons in the league before hanging it up in 2002. Immediately after that trade, Ed Gray, Brian Shaw, they were released uh, from the Houston Rockets, as was Stacey Ogman. But the Plastic Man, as he was known because of his long frame and ability on defense, he re-signed with the Portland Trailblazers for, I think it was basically the league minimum days later. So the Blazers really only traded five guys for Scottie Pippen once it was all said and done. And Augman ended up playing with Portland for two more years before spending another five years in the league and retiring in 06. So as far as assets that they gave up, basically nothing. And all those guys didn't end up doing diddly squat or much of it after they left the Blazers in the NBA. So Trader Bob was able to pull off a move for Scottie Pippen while only giving up a bunch of misfits. How awesome was that in 1999, even at the height of their success in the late 90s? He traded, Bob Witsit traded a group of players that offered no real production uh, for Houston or any other teams that they played for after that, and in return got one of the best number two options in NBA history. Sure, Scotty was not the scoring option he once was. I know earlier in his career he was dropping near 20 a game on the Bulls. That's just not what he was when he came to Portland. But like I said, Bob Witsit was looking for Pippen to be that energy guy, the guy that can just do everything. He hit shots when they need. He ran the point. He rebounded. He passed well and was still one of the best players in the NBA on the defensive end. And I will never forget those signs in the Rose Garden said, beam us up, Scotty. Oh, seriously, if I close my eyes, I can see them now back during the 2000 Western Conference Finals. I will never forget those signs. Ask any GM if they would do the same thing Bob Witsit did. Ask them if they would flip a group of eh, mediocre players for Michael Jordan's protege. I bet you 28 out of 30 would say yes. And that is why I ranked the Scottie Pippen to Portland trade as the fifth best trade in Blazers history. All right. Next on the list, number four. I bring a lot. I bring a lot on the table. A lot of energy. Player who can defend uh, on the defense and the offense end. can score in the post and um, assist. I mean, I bring a lot. Well, if you don't recognize him, that is the voice of Yusuf Nurkic. That was his first ever interview as a Portland Trailblazer. February 13th, 2017. Mason Plumley and a second-round pick were sent to the Denver Nuggets for Yusuf Nurkic and a first-round pick. That was done by current general manager Neil Olshay. The fourth best trade in Blazers history, getting Yusuf Nurkic. Now, Yusuf in Denver, uh, he was overtaken by Nikola Jokic at starting center that season. Uh, Jokic was and not really feeling uh, good at the starting center. He was actually having uh, both some mental health issues and just not able to handle uh, the load at the time. He was still a little bit newer in the league. Uh, so Yusuf Nurkic was put in, and he didn't really fit well as the starting center with the Nuggets, only averaging about eight a game, six boards when the swap happened. But Neil Olshay obviously saw something there with Yusuf Nurkic because since his arrival in Portland, it's been like a light switch flipping. He's been one of the most efficient big men in the league. He immediately went from scoring eight a game to 15 points overnight. And if you were watching the Blazers that season in 2017, you remember how quickly you got excited about Yusuf Nurkic. It was just like, ho, 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 who the hell did the Blazers get for Mason Plumley? This guy could be good. And he is. He's been exciting. 
He fits in well with what Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum are doing on the floor. He blocks shots like the Bosnian beast that he is. And he can spread the floor as more so of a current NBA big man. That's what you're expected to do as his center. And he can even step out and hit the occasional three-pointer. And before he broke his leg last season, Yusuf Nurkic was averaging a double-double, almost 16 points and 10.5 rebounds a game. Ooh. Once he comes back, I know that all of us fans hope that he can get back to being the same player that he was before. And, of course, the Blazers, who did they give up for their star center now in Yusuf Nurkic? It was Mason Plumley. Now, Mason, nothing to sneeze at. He was averaging 11 points, 8 boards, and 1.2 blocks through the first 54 games of the season for Portland at the time of the trade. This was a deadline deal. Uh, he had also, Mason had also started every game for the Blazers that season. So actually, I think Neil O'Shea did something really well trading Mason Plumley, um, in my opinion, at the height of his trade value. And since then, though, I, I guess it wasn't just trade value that he added. He's been a decent player for Denver. Not the star that Nurkic evolved into, but he has fit in very well with the Denver Nuggets. So far, he has spent four seasons in Denver, averages about seven points, six boards a game. I think he signed a contract extension a year or two ago. I mean, Plumley for the Nuggets, he filled the hole that they had in their roster perfectly. And he's one of the more dependable players in the NBA. Still, though, he's no use of Nurkic, and Mason would not have gotten the Blazers over the top the last two seasons like Yusuf Nurkic did for the team. Uh, so the Blazers obviously got the better end of this deal, not only because of what Yusuf Nurkic has become, but because they were able to acquire a first-round pick in what was essentially a swap of centers at the time. I, I mean, yeah, so like I just said, Plumlee fits way better alongside Nikola Jokic, and the Nuggets were willing to give up on Nurkic at a lower price because of that. Neil O'Shea also was able to turn an asset that he most likely would have lost in free agency in Mason Plumlee that year into the franchise's next star center. <laughs> Boom. Game, set, and match for Neil O'Shea. In my opinion, he robbed the Denver Nuggets blind, getting the Blazers a key franchise player in that trade. And even though in the end Denver is happy with what they got, the emergence of Yusuf Nurkic in the NBA is why I ranked this trade as the fourth best trade in Blazers history. Number three. Portland has been very busy. Earlier we reported that they made the trade with the Celtics for Sebastian Telfair going to Boston, getting that number seven pick. Well, they are now also trading the number four. Chicago will send this number two pick, and they're going to pick LaMarcus Aldridge, according to multiple sources. They'll send that to Portland, and in return, they'll get the number four pick, and the Blazers are expected to pick Tyrus Thomas for Chicago. They will also send over Victor Kriapa and future considerations. That is right. This is a big day in Blazers history. June 28th, 2006, the Portland Trail Blazers flipped Tyrus Thomas, who was the fourth pick in the draft, and Victor Kriapa to the Bulls for L.A. LaMarcus Aldridge, of course, that move made by general manager Kevin Pritchard. Uh, Kevin Pritchard, uh, in Kevin we trust, trusted at the time in Portland, one of the best GMs in NBA history, in my opinion, able to get LaMarcus Aldridge to Portland. L.A.? L.A. has been nothing but a great, stable NBA player for his entire 14-year career. Uh, early, early on, he did have a tendency to fade away from the basket instead of using that brute strength and just taking it right into the hoop. But 
He did shake off that crutch. I think his third or fourth season in the league. Uh, I remember less of my friends yelling at the screen and more so encouragement, being like, yeah, take it right into the rack. Just dunk it. Uh, on top of that, LaMarcus, one of the best shooting big man from inside the three-point line in the league. And I if I kind of have to go through my head about this, but I think that he is either one of the only guys or the only guy left in the league that scores the majority of his points from mid-range. I mean, L.A., he can hit 20-footers with his eyes closed. And since he's 6'11", nobody can block him. Uh, he did come off the bench in his rookie season since Zach Randolph was still a blazer. Over nine seasons in Portland, LaMarcus Aldridge averaged almost 20 points a game on 48.5% shooting to go along with 8.3 rebounds. Then, of course, the nasty breakup in which he shooed Damian Lillard away from trying to convince him to re-sign with Rip City. Um, at that time, he was a four-time All-Star and then went on to go to three more All-Star games with the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, he scored 23 points a game in his last two seasons as a Blazer and has been the exact same player for the Spurs since he joined them, scoring 18 one year, scored, I think, 23 last year, 21 a game the year before. There have even been comments from LaMarcus Aldridge himself talking about returning to Portland to finish his career. And actually, in the last couple of days, Damian and L.A., making news with those kind of comments again. I would bet the house I don't own that it's probably going to happen. Uh, disappointed that he went to San Antonio in the first place, but LaMarcus Aldridge, one of the best Blazers of all time, and acquired in this draft day trade for what ended up being an NBA bust in Tyrus Thomas. Tyrus Thomas coming off of, it was an improbable Final Four run with LSU in 2006, just to try and, get you back there he spent one season in college Tyrus did one and done and he was the hot commodity coming out of the NBA draft at the time I do not remember conversations surrounding LaMarcus Aldridge as much as I do the ones surrounding Tyrus Thomas and then coming into the NBA he only averaged about five seven points a game in his first two seasons played for the Bulls for three and a half years was then shipped off to Charlotte basically ended up being an NBA bust. He never lived up to the production expected out of him. So the Bulls just gave up, traded him two and a half years later after the 2006 draft. Uh, and beyond his first 50 games in Charlotte, uh, it looked like a good stretch there. He was averaging 10 a game and six boards. He did not play very well for three more years after that. Uh, he caught on with the Grizzlies for two games in 2014-2015, signed a 10-day contract with them, but they didn't sign him to a second one, and Thomas has not played a game in the NBA since. Tyrus Thomas, he was supposed to be one of the best players in the league for the next 15 years. Yikes. Never reached his full NBA potential, and honestly have no idea what he's doing now. And Victor Kriapa, uh, Blazers fans may or may not remember him. He was just a Eurostash player, joined the Blazers for a couple of seasons as a bench warmer. Hit a couple of threes in the corner. Like, I, I literally remember Mike Barrett being like, Victor Kriapa! That's all I remember about him. He didn't do it that often. Uh, so Kriapa was a throw-in in that trade. Spent two seasons warming the bench in Chicago before returning to Europe. So what the Blazers gave up, obviously not even close to what they gained. And to bring you back a bit again, the two best big men in the 2006 NBA draft were LaMarcus Aldridge and Tyrus Thomas. Tyrus out of LSU, LaMarcus out of Texas. So in the moment, teams were basically flipping a coin. 
the Chicago Bulls had planned to swap Tyrus Thomas with Portland and, and drafted LaMarcus Aldridge for the Blazers. I mean, too bad for the Bulls. I guess in a couple of years, they would have gotten Derrick Rose, and that combo would have been very potent in Chi-Town. But LaMarcus instead paired with Brandon Roy and then Damian Lillard. And Chicago's loss ended up being Portland's gain. Kevin Pritchard simply picked correctly. His impact on the team for almost a decade and the vast differences in careers between him and Tyrus Thomas are the reasons I ranked this as the third best trade in Blazers history. All right, next. Number two. I have to first start by, you know, thanking Kevin Pritchard for drafting me, Coach Nate for coaching me. I mean, every every day out there this season, I mean, they did a great job of help developing me and allowing me to play my game. So, I mean, to win that many first place votes, I mean, it's, it's a dream come true. I'm still smiling. It's 10 times better than I thought it would be. <laughs> Blazers fans, that is Blazers star franchise player of the mid-2000s, Brandon Roy. That is right. Brandon Roy, the acquisition in well that same draft day, 2006, that they got. Kevin Pritchard made the trade for Randy Foy. Randy Foy, the seventh pick in the NBA draft to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Brandon Roy. And Pritchard, I got to say this again, in my opinion, one of the best GMs in NBA history to make two different trades like this happen on that draft day. And so and I'm talking about the LaMarcus Aldridge one and the Brandon Roy one. So now, number two, Brandon Roy's acquisition, the second best trade in Blazers history. KP on draft day actually had to make two trades to make this one happen. First, they flip Sebastian Telfair, Theo Ratliff as a salary throw in, and then a second round pick for Randy Foy, the seventh pick in the draft, Dan Dickow and Rafe LaFrance. They then used that acquisition that they just made, Randy Foy sent him to the Timberwolves for Brandon Roy. And Brandon, mainly great because of two things. His understanding and his grasp over the fundamentals of the game and his ability to create space to get any shot off. And to remind you, the late Kobe Bryant did say Roy was the best offensive player he's ever had to defend. Brandon made an immediate impact on the Blazers, won Rookie of the Year in 2007, uh, had the most votes, the first place votes, excuse me, in history, I think. I don't need to say much about Brandon other than that he was one of the best Blazers of all time and one of the most fun players to watch. His first four years in the NBA were his best. Unfortunately, he didn't spend a lot of time in the NBA because of those knee injuries. Uh, he went to three All-Star games, led Portland to that very surprising season in 09 when they finished with 54 wins. No one thought they would make the playoffs that year, but the emergence of Roy along with LaMarcus Aldridge under the coaching of Nate McMillan suddenly thrust Portland into the Western Conference conversation. He averaged 22 points a game for two seasons, then dealt with more knee issues, only played in 47 games in the 2010-2011 season, but that year made his mark in the annals of NBA history. In the first round of the playoffs against the Dallas Mavericks, that 24-point performance and the comeback win for the Portland Trailblazers that tied the series 2-2 that he was the star of. Tragically, though, he hung it up after that. He did try to play with the Timberwolves a year later, but only appeared in five games before retiring for good in 2013. His knees at that point were just bone on bone, and it was too painful for him to try and play and really debilitating 
uh, to try and play at the highest level. You just cannot run around bone on bone in your knees playing in the NBA like that. So while his career was short, every basketball fan has to agree that if he wouldn't have suffered career-ending knee injuries just before his athletic prime, he was literally turning 28 as he retired, he would have gone down as one of the best NBA players of all time. And who, who did the Minnesota Timberwolves get for him? They got Randy Foy. A lot of national prognosticators really thought that Foy was going to turn out to be something special. Uh, but he really ended up being nothing more than a mediocre player in the NBA. Was a combo guard, scored about 13 a game in his first three seasons in the league with the Timberwolves, then bounced around from Washington to the Clippers to Utah, then Denver, then OKC, finally the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, then he retired in 2017. There's really not much to say um, about Randy Foy. He was just kind of there in the NBA, not making any Sports Center top 10 lists or any award lists after his rookie year. He wasn't ever a bad player, but obviously was the lesser of the two compared to Brandon Roy. And really, you expect the seventh overall pick in any draft to be closer to a star caliber player. The T-Wolves were hopeful Foy would be that same face of the franchise type player Brandon Roy ended up being for the Blazers. I mean, Foy, dude has a good life. He's currently doing TV work for Yes Network, but he was never the impact player scouts hoped that he would be. So even though he did technically play longer than Brandon, obviously his career didn't have a shred of the impact that Roy's had on the NBA and Trailblazers fans. This was simply put a gift from the Minnesota Timberwolves. That is the best description I can think of for this draft day deal. Uh, KP, once again, Kevin Pritchard, we trust in Kevin, could do no wrong that day in 06. Sure, Foy, a serviceable player. He did sometimes start over his 11 seasons in the NBA, made a decent amount of money, got to play at the highest level, but he was never the elite guy people predicted he would be. And he could never impact an NBA game the same way Brandon Roy could. So mad props once again to former Blazers GM Kevin Pritchard. Basically pull the fast one on Wolves GM Kevin McHale at the time. And Pritchard showed some massive cojones doing that deal uh, with the Boston Celtics to acquire Randy Foy. At the time, the Rockets and the Timberwolves, they had a plan to swap Roy for Luther Head and the number eight pick, which was supposed to be Foy picked by the Rockets. But because KP stepped up, grabbed that Celtics pick at number seven, it forced Minnesota to trade Roy to the Blazers for the player they viewed as their guy in Randy Foy. Uh, the reasoning for this one is easy. Uh, why did I rank this the second best trade in Blazers history? Because Kevin Pritchard was able to acquire the next face of the franchise and because he took big risks to do it. He really pulled a fast one that day on multiple teams with his moves for Aldridge and Roy and will forever live on in Blazers fans' minds as the man that dug the team out of the jail Blazers era. All right, Blazers fans, now it is time for the best trade in franchise history. And I don't think this one surprises too many people. Number one. With the sixth pick in the 2012 NBA draft, the Portland Trailblazers select Damian Lillard of Weber State University. Okay, obviously that is Damian Lillard getting drafted, but none of that would have happened if it weren't for this move on March 15th, 2012. 
That's right. Gerald Wallace, a Portland Trailblazer at the time, was traded by interim GM Chad Buchanan to the Brooklyn Nets for Memento Core, Sean Williams, and a 2013 first-round pick, which the Blazers used to select Damian Lillard sixth overall. Going into the 2012 draft, uh, Dame was a player out of Weaver State with potential, and he was ranked as the top point guard prospect in the NCAA and came into the league basically setting it on fire immediately. He scored 19 a game as a rookie, won the 2013 Rookie of the Year Award, uh, has made five all-star games so far, led the Blazers to the Western Conference Finals last season, of course. Um, I kind of feel weird just kind of going over what Dame's done in his career. We all know, but he really is one of the best players already of all time. He's one of the best clutch players in the league, and that is evidenced by the handful or more of game-winning shots you can find on YouTube. And Damian Lillard alone, one player has reinvented or at least helped reinvent the game of basketball to include those long shots as far away as 35 feet from the basket. Yeah, Logo Lillard shooting those 35-foot threes. Already, he's in the top 10 Blazers uh, categories all time for every single offensive thing uh, that he's not leading in right now. He's already the Blazers' all-time leader in three-pointers, free throw percentage, points per game. Uh, He's been on the all-NBA team four times and and just one of the funnest players to watch in the league. He's just too good. Those fadeaway threes that he can hit, he can create space almost the same way as Brandon Roy could and take it to the hoop. All of those skills are unmatched in the NBA right now. Before coronavirus caused the suspension this season, he was scoring 29 a game. And if you already forgot, there was that historic six-game stretch where he was averaging 49 points a game. He is the best Blazer ever, simply put. And as fans, we are lucky to get to watch him so much. He turns 30 next season, which will be his ninth in the NBA. Now, who did the Blazers give up for the right to draft Damian Lillard? That was, of course, Gerald Wallace. I will say, uh, Williams and Okor, they never played a single game for the Blazers. They were both released pretty quickly after being acquired. Uh, But Gerald Wallace was an absolutely fantastic player. This trade really more about Damian Lillard and what he does and his greatness as opposed to what Gerald Wallace was bad at because it really wasn't anything. Uh, Gerald, really good uh, at both ends of the floor, could steal the ball. I think at one point was averaging two steals a game in his career. Really, for 14 seasons, was one of the best two-way players in the league. Uh, During his prime, he consistently scored near 20 a game and was just that max effort kind of guy that you love to have on your team. Blazers fans were so stoked to get him from Charlotte when that trade happened. And I know, I think I remember the Blazers uh, front office for at least two or three seasons before that, uh, they were looking at him as an option. Uh, So in Portland, Gerald scored 14 a game, was a really great guy. I got to uh, interview him a couple of times in the locker room, and he always sticks out in my mind as just one of the nicest dudes I have ever talked with. After joining the Nets for a season and a half, he played in Boston for two more years before retiring during training camp in 2015. Once again, though, this qualifies as the best trade ever for the Blazers simply because of what Damian Lillard has done for the Blazers and their fans. It really has nothing to do uh, with what Gerald Wallace hasn't done or how bad he was. This was just such a great move that Chad Buchanan and the Blazers were able to make. This trade literally changed the trajectory of the franchise. 
Portland was able to take advantage of Brooklyn's rebuilding efforts at the time. And, and they were actually very interested in Gerald Wallace. Um, they were looking to keep Darren Williams. And Darren Williams had said that Gerald Wallace was one of the guys he wanted to play with. So to try and re-sign them, uh, to try and re-sign him that summer, uh, well, Nets were trying to make an effort to get Gerald Wallace. So they were willing to give up maybe a little bit more than another team was. So the big thing here is the Nets, because they were in such love with Gerald Wallace, they were willing to give the Blazers uh, a draft pick with limited protection. They ended up giving the Blazers a draft pick with only top three protection in a very deep draft. And the Blazers didn't have to jeopardize any future salary cap flexibility. Most deals at the trade deadline do not include a first-round pick in the upcoming draft. Nonetheless, one that only ended up being top three protected. So because of the lack of protection on that draft pick, this deal was almost too good to be true. Uh, interim GM Chad Buchanan, his effort to give the team flexibility going forward ended up netting them the ultimate stabilizing force at point guard in Dame. And the rest is history. Lillard replaced Roy as the go-to guy in Portland, and the Blazers' rebuilding window significantly shortened at that point. Did you expect any other trade to be number one in Blazers history? Dame will end up going down as the best Portland Trailblazer of all time. Can you imagine where they would be without him? I can't, nor do I want to. The last near decade of Blazers basketball with Logo Lillard at the helm have been sublime. Sure, no title, but it has been a sublime decade watching him play and watching him win games. And that is why I ranked the acquisition of Damian Lillard, or the draft pick that would eventually net Damian Lillard as the best trade in franchise history. Well, that's a wrap of episode 15 of Believe in Trailblazers. Hope you had some fun going through the best trades in franchise history. If you have any burning questions about the team you want answered, or if you think I'm crazy, hit me up on Twitter, on the air, Jordan, with an O. This show available wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Please, 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 please hit that download button and subscribe wherever you listen. You can also find the show at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. That's all for now, Portland fans. Please continue to stay healthy and wash those hands. I'm Jordan Schultz, and I'll talk to you next week. Rip City, baby. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.